Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Rodgers now in the shotgun. Jones to his right. Now Jones motions wide to the left. Quick toss Jones. Left side. Gets a block from Watson. Cuts it back. Ends up. Touchdown! Aaron Jones like a rocket. Hey, you want to catch touchdowns, you run the right routes. <laughs> We have spent a bunch of energy on the show already, and we're about to spend more debating whether in a year where they've played like crap, the Green Bay Packers can still make the playoffs. Now, (laughs) per the FPI, which is the football power index or something, it's math, and we don't do math on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Not even a little bit. With Aaron Goldhammer and Chris Canty, uh, I'm in for, uh, for Chris Carlin. Um, 12% chance based on ESPN analytics. The Packers have won two in a row. They were against the Bears and the Rams. Those are two of the worst teams in the league. Combined record of 7-21. and 21. Remaining schedule for Green Bay, I got to say, is pretty hard. They got to go to Miami. Dolphins have lost three in a row, and they're going to be in a bad mood. Vikings at home for the Packers. And then the Lions come to Lambeau. I just this is one of those where I feel like we're wasting a lot of energy talking about it. But the biggest reason why it won't happen is because the Packers just aren't good and they haven't been good since September. Yeah, their quarterback is ranked 28th in QBR in the National Football League this season. That's not what you would expect from a guy that you're paying 50 million dollars to. The other thing about that hammer, two of the teams that they've gotten their three remaining on their schedule, they've already lost to. And you've got a date on the road against the Miami Dolphins on Christmas Day. So it doesn't feel like there's going to be a clear path for the Packers to be able to make the playoffs because the teams in front of them are just better than them. But then outside of having to to win all of your games, Mm -hmm. you've got to have other things happen. Like you've got to have some help from the Seahawks who have to lose one of their final three games, which is possible because they played the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead this weekend. But then they're also going to need – the Washington Commanders, to lose two of their final three games, and they've got the 49ers, the Browns, and the Cowboys. So it seems like there are a lot of gymnastics in order for the Green Bay Packers to eke their way in the playoffs. And based on how things have broken for them this season, it just doesn't feel like it's in the cards for that team. I'll put it this way to Packer fans. I think there's a better chance they lose the remaining three games than that they could make the playoffs. Somehow it's been calculated that they have a 12% chance, but I think they might be underdogs, Chris, in all three of these games. Certainly at Miami this weekend they are. The Vikings are 11-3, although they get treated like the worst 11-3 team in NFL history. And then I would like to see, to heck with talking about the Packers, I would really like to see the Lions make it. They're 27% right now, according to ESPN Analytics, but I just think they're playing like one of the seven best teams in the NFC right now. Yeah, there's no question about it in my mind. They've won six of their last seven games, and they've done it in impressive fashion because they've beaten the Minnesota Vikings, they've beaten the New York Jets, and the Jacksonville Jaguars that just beat the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, they beat them in Week 13, 40-14. So, I mean, this is a really, really good Detroit Lions team. And this was a team that was on the wrong side of a lot of one-score games earlier on in this year and even going back to 2021. Well, Dan Campbell and his staff had helped those guys in that locker room figure out how to win tight ball games, and now they're playing with a lot more confidence. So, yeah, I I could see a scenario where you're talking about the Detroit Lions being able to chart a path into the postseason because they're going to be able to keep up this momentum. And think about their upcoming opponents, Hammer. Yeah, They got the Carolina Panthers. 
and the Chicago Bears before yes. they finish this thing out with the Green Bay Packers. No Those doubt. are so, absolutely two right. winnable games. And if you're going into a Week 18 winning-in scenario against your division rival in Lambeau, I, I got to think that Dan Campbell will find a way to get, get his team on the right side of that outcome. So, yeah, I think the Lions find their way into the postseason. They're the team right now in the NFC that's currently on the outside looking in that I would bet good money on that makes it into the postseason. Well, I also think they're a team that nobody would – like Minnesota, to see them in a potential first wild card game, I don't think that's a walk in the park for the Vikings at all. Um, there are five teams in the NFL that have been eliminated from the playoffs. That's it. The Bears, Broncos, Rams, Cardinals, and Texans, sorry – you have no chance. Drive home safely. The Steelers and Colts have a .1% chance. That means if we played the season out a thousand times, Chris. Again, I hate doing math on Candy and Carlo on ESPN Radio. <laughs> if we played the season out a thousand times, there would be one scenario in which each of those teams would make it. The Browns, they're up to half a percentage chance. They need 17 things to go their way in order to make the postseason. I don't think it's happening. The Saints at 2.4%. The Falcons at 2.7%. Which is kind of odd because both of those teams are, what, a game and a half out of first place in the NFC South? Right, but they have tiebreaker problems with the Buccaneers who have beaten them. Like, the Bucs have beat the Saints twice head-to-head. Yeah. Just think about that crazy 16-3 Monday night game a couple weeks ago where Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers led them down for the two touchdowns. Yeah. If if that hadn't happened, the Saints would be in first place right now in the AFC. In uh, I'm sorry, in the NFC South, which is one of the worst divisions of all time. Raiders, Packers. So the Jets are at 14% to make the playoffs. I guess let's start there. I'm going to run through these one by one. You, Chris, you tell me you think in the long run, in or out, if they deserve to be in or out. The Jets. Out. The Patriots, higher percentage chance, 14.3%. If they can figure out what the score of the game is and not lateraling <laughs> the ball seven times. Yeah, the Patriots are out. Their upcoming schedule is brutal. So they've got Cincinnati and Miami at home, and then they finish out on the road in Buffalo, which has been a house of horrors for them in the Josh Allen era. So they're, they're, they're out. The Patriots can't make it. Carolina Panthers, 18.7%. Baker Mayfield's not even there anymore. Their starting quarterback is, I'm not sure I even know on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, Sam Donald, I don't know about that. It's hard to have faith in him, but I'm going to say that they end up losing to Detroit, and that that ends up finishing off their playoff chances. So I'm going to say they're out. Yeah, and then Tampa probably ends up winning that division, and oh, great, Tom Brady gets to go to the playoffs again. Detroit, you said in at 26.8%. We'll talk more about some of their issues coming up in just a second. The Seahawks are at 34.4%. They were having a great year, but they've run into a wall in or out. Uh, I think Seattle is going to be outside looking in. I I see the Seattle Seahawks losing their next two games. They're on the road in Arrowhead this weekend, and then they've got the New York Jets, who are probably going to have Mike White back by that time. I, I, I think they're out. I think they ultimately end up out. Commanders had that tough loss on uh, Sunday night, 35% chance to make it. They also have a tie this year, 7-6-1, and one, yep. in or out the Commanders. I'm going to go with the Commanders being out. I, I just don't think everybody from the NFC East makes it, and if they're 
they're the one team that's going to be outside looking in. They had to tie with the Giants, and then they lost to the Giants on Sunday Night Football with the assist from the officials uh, with some terrible calls down in the goal line that went against the commanders. But, uh, yeah, I think Washington is going to find themselves on the outside looking in. How about Jacksonville is a 41% chance to make the playoffs? And I got to say, Chris, in my eyes, they're playing better than Tennessee is right now. Tennessee is a mess. They fired their GM. They have blown games that they should have won, including last week against the Chargers. Who do you think wins the division, Jacksonville or Tennessee? Yeah, I think that division comes down to Week 18 in Duval County, and the Jacksonville Jaguars end up winning it. I mean, the Jags' schedule, it's easier than the Titans because the Jags don't have to deal with the Dallas Cowboys. The Tennessee Titans still do. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, next three games, they've got the New York Jets on a short week, which is tough on the road, but then you've got the Houston Texans and you've got the Tennessee Titans. So I just I just feel like there's an easier path. The Jets are not as daunting with Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback as opposed to Mike White, and I feel like they'll take care of their business against the Houston Texans, although the Texans the last couple of weeks have been a little bit frisky. I think Jacksonville, with the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing, yeah. I mean, since week nine – the best touchdown-interception ratio in football, the best passer rating in football, the best completion percentage in football. Trevor Lawrence is fulfilling the promise that the Jags had for him when they took him first overall last year. He's starting to come into that form, and I think they ride that into a playoff berth in a division title. Look, I think it took about half a season to wash the Urban Meyer off of Trevor Lawrence. Yes, yes. But those numbers that you just gave, and I hadn't heard all of those, that is really impressive. You know what? I'd like to see them in. You know, the Titans, every year they make it, every year they play in the early game on Saturday, wild card weekend. You know, I don't know. The Lions, it'll be interesting, Chris, you know, to see what, they end up doing here in the last three weeks and then they're going to have some big decisions to make about the future of their team and their quarterback position golf there or gone but they get to focus on a big game coming up this week which i'm sure fans in detroit appreciate it hasn't happened for them in december in a long time up next something extremely important happened in the nba today that has a huge impact actually on the nfl we'll explain it's next canny and carlin is presented by progressive insurance on espn radio and the espn app Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? The price of business is up in the NBA when the Phoenix Suns are being sold for $4 billion. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia finalizing a purchase of the NBA's Phoenix Suns and WNBA's Phoenix Mercury. It allows the Phoenix Suns, allows the Mercury to continue thriving at business. It's a great win for the NBA. A couple years ago, it shocked the sports world. When the Los Angeles Clippers went for over a billion dollars to Steve Ballmer. Today we find out from Adrian Wojnarowski, the Phoenix Suns are worth four billion bucks. The Suns (laughs) and Mercury going to billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You could call us at the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Chris, you played in the NFL, so you're maybe less like this than I am. But I think about a million dollars as a ton of money, like more Mm. money than I've ever imagined in my entire life, okay? Yeah. A billion dollars is a thousand million dollars yes. it's a million dollars a thousand times over yeah four billion dollars is a million dollars you're a millionaire four thousand times over to just pay <laughs> for the phoenix suns and i i guess you got to factor the mercury into this yeah but one of the one of the first things i thought like if if the suns are going for four billion like, what could Dan Snyder get for the Washington Commander? What are the Cowboys worth? Yeah, I, I'm sitting here looking at it. It's silly money that's being thrown around for these sports franchises, and there's no doubt in my mind that Dan Snyder is going to get a mint for the Washington Commanders because at its best, you're probably talking about a franchise that's in the top five in valuations in the National Football League. Now, just looking at this Phoenix Sun sale to Matt Ishbia, Sportico came out with an an article a couple of weeks ago that had the top 10 most valuable NBA franchises. The Phoenix Suns are not on the list. Wow. Think about that. The Phoenix Suns are not on the list of the top 10 NBA franchise valuations. And they just sold for $4 billion. Now we know on the whole NFL properties are more valuable than NBA properties. And so if you think about a top five NFL team versus a mid-tier NBA team. If a mid-tier NBA team is going for $4 billion, the expectation is a top-five NFL franchise has to go for double that. And that's the territory that we're talking about with this impending Washington Commanders sale if Daniel Snyder ever decides he's going to pull the trigger on that deal. Man, to be an owner in sports, you know, for a team – Robert Sarver, you know, committed all these uh, uh, alleged offenses. We did a, such a great job at ESPN with Baxter Holmes reporting on all this stuff, Chris. So it, r- rather than, you know, getting punished or whatever, his his victory lap 
is that he gets $4 billion to go away and never be heard from again. And followed by, you just brought this up, I have to imagine that when Snyder sells the commanders, and I think eventually they're going to get him to sell, because it's what the league really wants and clearly the other 31 owners want. But, it, you know, he how many yachts can you buy for $6 billion? Or whatever they're going to get for that franchise. At some point, there has to be a limit on what these franchises are worth. It's gone up, Chris, so much, so fast. Well, the reason why it's gone up is because sports is really the only appointment television that we have in our society now, right? You can DVR your favorite shows. You got streaming, all of those different things. But nobody wants to be the last one to find out what the results of the game were. So. Television companies, media rights companies, they look at that and they say, these properties have an extreme amount of value just because we can sell, we can pinpoint a target audience is going to sit down at this time to watch this game. And that's why the value of these franchises is just exploding. And it's exciting because you're seeing the players share in all of that revenue. But I don't see these sports franchises being capped in terms of sales price anytime soon just because the money in professional sports has gotten to be so big hammer it's unbelievable what's happening right now ultimately everybody feels it and i hope someday the sports talk guys get to feel the impact of all the money i would would love to hammer but that ain't happening right now i can promise you that look look, tom brady got how much to broadcast the game like the game is the the main entree they're giving tom brady millions and millions to broadcast the game yeah it's unbelievable man hammer hammer i will say this think about the nfl and how far it would have come in such a short period of time we're about to be in 2023 i remember back in late 2018 jerry richardson the owner from the panthers yeah similar situation with what happened with robert sarver he had some inappropriate contact with a with a female employee, he was forced to sell the team, sells the Panthers to David Tepper for $2.2 billion. Yep. Then fast forward to what we had this past summer, the Denver Broncos go on sale. They go for $4.6 billion. You just see the trajectory and what these teams are being valued and sold at. It really is incredible, but it just shows you how important sports is to the fabric of our society and how these owners have found ways to continue to monetize it. Now, listen to this. Matt Ishbia is in the mortgage industry. Mm. Uh, he played for Tom Izzo's national championship Michigan State Spartan team in 2000 with Mateen Cleaves. You remember that team? Yeah, I remember that team, yep. Uh, um, so he calls one to two of his employees. His firm has 7,200 people that work for it. And he'll call one or two of them every day. Can you imagine your employee number 6,943? The phone rings, you answer, and it's your owner who has enough money to buy the Phoenix Suns just to tell them that they're doing a good job, which I think is really cool. He said, quote, it costs me nothing. A few minutes out of the day, but it means so much it sets a positive tone. And then he also implemented a system, listen up, Mickey Mouse, where employees are given raffle tickets throughout the year for hard work. Then they exchange these gifts at a holiday party. Last year, gifts included free groceries for a year, Mm. a home remodel, and all expenses paid vacation, and brand new Cadillac cars. (laughs) That is incredible. He knows how to treat his people. 
Yeah, but I'm just sitting there thinking about his business. He must be making it hand over fist with the mortgage business, right? I know. I know it's a man. Michigan-based company. It, 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 I mean, business is booming for Ishbia. I, I, it must be, and you know what's funny? With interest rates on the way, I, I guess he had to get rid of some of that. And he said that money because I don't know if the mortgage business is going to be doing as well going into the future as it has the last couple of years. Well, up next, one NBA title contender that we may have written off way too soon could be back in the mix. We talk about it. Candy and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Chris Canty on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Countdown to the NBA on Christmas Day. Five consecutive games on ESPN and ABC beginning at noon Eastern. And an ESPN radio doubleheader at 430 Eastern. The Bucks and Celtics followed by the Grizzlies and Warriors. The NBA on Christmas Day on ESPN Radio. Christmas Don't look now, but the Brooklyn Nets have suddenly become more substance and less soap opera. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 with Super Bowl champ Chris Canty. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. We bring in now ESPN NBA insider Nick Friedel, who covers the Nets for ESPN. Nick, let's start with this. How does it feel to cover an actual basketball team and not the real housewives of Brooklyn or whatever that was for the first month? Uh, it feels great. <laughs> It really, it feels great to just cover basketball. And I think the key is that you can tell the difference for the players. It feels good to just play and not having to worry about all the stuff that's going on off the floor and everything that has caused all the drama over the first few weeks of the season. So I think the Nets are in the best place they've been in a while the only thing I would caution everybody on, guys, when you go back and you look at who they've played and the teams that they've played who hasn't, the, the players who have been on the floor, that's when you get a little hesitant about just how good they are. But they're taking care of business, they're winning, and emotionally I think everybody in that room together right now is in a pretty good spot. Nick, what's been the biggest change in this year's Brooklyn Nets versus the previous three years when they started the KD Kyrie experiment? Hmm. 
I don't think there there's that big of a change. And I only have had the experience of the last year. So uh, as far as last season to this year, you don't have Harden anymore and you've added Simmons, but you know Harden was dealing with his injury problems. And I think Simmons, as we've seen, is still trying to figure out where his rhythm is at. But I, I don't really see a major, major difference. I think the key right now is just that they're winning. And as we know in pro sports, if you win games, all the other stuff, whatever it may be, it usually fades to the side. But from a broader standpoint, as far as major differences between those first few years and this year, I I don't see it right now. I, I just think that Kevin is so great and really should be in the MVP conversation. And Kyrie, as we know offensively, is still a terrific, terrific player. They're just outscoring a lot of these bad teams, and they're having big nights, and it's making the Nets feel good. But structurally, with those two guys in place, I don't see any kind of major difference from point A to point B in that case. Nick, is this the best KD has ever played? I saw him that last year and covered him in Oakland with the Warriors. For my money, guys, I think it is. And I say that because we know he can put up 35-40 whenever he wants. He is one of the very best offensive players in the history of the game. The difference for me with Kevin right now is he's just doing things to help them every night in a variety of different ways. I mean, just passing is better. The playmaking is even better. And he touched on this the other night after the game in Detroit. He's seen so many different defensive looks that it's kind of like, all right, well, they can throw whatever they want at me. I'll find the open guy, and I'll make it happen. And defensively, I don't believe Kevin's ever gotten the credit he deserves when he is locked in on that end of the floor because I think he is really a solid defender. It's just that he's so good offensively, and they rely on him so much offensively that it gets overshadowed. But for my money – at age 34, given how many minutes he's out there and how well he's playing at such a high level, I do think this is the best we've seen him consistently night after night after night. Talking with ESPN Nets reporter Nick Friedle on Canty and Carlin. And Nick, how much of what we're seeing from Brooklyn can be attributed to Jock Vaughn? What role has he played in this Nets season in the early going? The one thing we hear from player after player is that Jock is just letting us play. And I think that there's not as as much structure. And, guys, I don't think there was much structure with Nash to begin with. And and you can take that in good ways and bad. But I, I think Jock has come in and just said, hey, <laughs> Kevin, Kyrie, just get it rolling. The one difference that I've seen, not only in what players have said, but how they've responded on the floor is defensively, I think that they have stepped up their intensity a little more on that side. But, again, guys, I, I hate to be the, the black cloud here, but they're, they're playing some really bad teams. <laughs> so, yeah, defense is going to look a little bit better when you're playing teams that don't have much to play for, just don't have a lot of talent on the floor. So, I think Jacques deserves credit. But one of the things I think the players like is, hey, Jacques is, is uh, upbeat, 
and he's positive, and he's trying to keep guys feeling good about themselves. But that's exactly what they were saying about Steve Nash when when Nash started. So uh, I will reserve the right to to change my mind down the line in a good or bad way with Jacques Vaughn once they start playing higher-level competition. But I think his personality and his familiarity with the roster already has helped ease that transition from one coach to another. I mean, Nick, you don't seem convinced that things in Brooklyn have settled down and that they're a bona fide like championship contender in the East with the Bucks and the Celtics. What will it take to convince you of that? I don't think it's possible. <laughs> if, if if I'm I'm being honest, guys, which I always am, I, I just don't see the Nets being at the level of Milwaukee or Boston. And look, I say that as somebody who did not think that the the Warriors, the team I covered through the first half of last year, could elevate themselves to where they got at the end of the season in winning a title. But I don't believe that this Nets team has the defensive chops that it's going to need to get all the way through the postseason. I think they could win a series, certainly. Uh, I I struggle to get them through the second round, but when you have Kevin Durant playing like the MVP, Kyrie playing like this without all the other distractions, I I could see an argument. I just don't see them being able to lift themselves all the way up. I think there's a caveat here, and that is, They've got one big man in Nick Claxton who's been very solid for them. But in a postseason run, when you go in the playoffs, you need that second guy that you can rely on for minutes and for fouls if, if Claxton gets into any trouble. So I'm curious to see now what Sean Marks does leading up to the trade deadline because what these wins recently have done, is it's allowed for the idea that, hey, no matter what, if you're the Nets and you're Durant and Kyrie – you see what happens through this season, and then you reassess in the summer. And that's what it looks like everything is headed towards. So if you're the Nets and you're trying to make one big swing at this thing, whether it's Miles Turner or somebody else, you figure they're going to be looking for a big man to add at the deadline. But right now, with the structure that's in place on the roster, I think they're a good team. I just don't think they can develop into a great one. Nick, enjoy the basketball while you still can. <laughs> Always, guys. I'm going to do my best. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Nick Friedell, ESPN Nets reporter, joining us on Canty and Carlin. And up next, you can get some pretty good value on KD now to win the MVP. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? We'll debate. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Chris Canty. Canty and Carlin is on ESPN Radio. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Chris Canty. Time for a little good bet, bad bet. We bring in producer Evan. For a little analysis. Evan, go ahead. All right, we were just talking to Nick Ferdell about this. Kevin Durant playing some of the best basketball of his life. So, Kevin Durant at plus 1,600 to win the NBA MVP. Canty, is that a good bet or a bad bet? No, that's a bad bet, man. I got to roll with my guy, Luka Doncic. He's the one that's going to win MVP this year. When you look at the numbers that he's putting up, I mean, I love Kevin Durant, but 
Is there any player that means more to his team's overall success than Luka? I would argue against it, and the player efficiency numbers would would co-sign my argument. So I think it's Luka Doncic's award to lose this year. That's why I think KD winning MVP is a bad bet. I think it's a terrible bet. The MVP is a narrative award. And as well as KD is playing, the fact that he demanded a trade back over the summer and got Steve Nash fired, I think the voters are going to be soured on him because of that no matter what. I wouldn't waste a cent on KD at 16-1. to Next. The Celtics stay in the NBA. The Celtics are plus 300 to win the NBA title. That's the shortest odds right now. Canty, Celtics, good bet or bad bet to win the NBA title? Oh, I got to say it's a bad bet just because I don't know what you're going to get from Joe Mazzula. I I get it. Uh, I mean, Ime Adoka was a relatively unknown quantity until he took his team to the NBA Finals. But I have a hard time believing that you're just going to replace Ime with Joe and the Celtics are going to be right back where they were last year in the NBA Finals. So, no, I think it's a bad bet for the Celts to win the NBA Finals this year. You know, last year the Celtics had to win Game 6 on the road in Milwaukee just to get past the Bucks, and that was with no Chris Middleton. I wouldn't bet against Giannis, and a bet on the Celtics is a bet against Giannis. I think that's dumb, and I think that's a bad bet. Next. All right, so Jalen Hurts is hurt, and that means that the MVP is now wide open in the NFL. The guy I got my eye on is Joe Burrow, plus 550 to win MVP. Good bet or bad bet, Canty? Yeah, I'll put some money on that. I mean, I think it's going to come down to Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I think Josh Allen has disqualified himself with all of the turnovers. He's accounted for 36 total touchdowns, but he's also accounted for 16 total turnovers. Joe Burrow is right there with the total touchdown numbers, and he's quarterback in one of the hottest teams in all of football. And, yeah, oh, by the way, they did beat the Kansas City Chiefs back uh-huh. in Week 12. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Bengals do have the Buffalo Bills on Monday night, January 2nd. If Joe Burrow wins out, I could see a scenario where Joe Burrow wins the MVP. I'll put some coin on that at plus 550. Please and thank you. I think Joe Burrow is one of the most underrated players in sports. It's funny, before this year, people love talking about Herbert, Tua, and now Jalen Hurts, rightfully so, has entered the conversation. You know who the best young quarterback in football is behind Mahomes? It's probably Joe Burrow. He's the only one of those guys that has taken his team to the Super Bowl, and he keeps beating Patrick Mahomes over and over again, not just once. He's done it now three consecutive times, so I actually think it's a great bet. In fact, I may have placed some money on Joe Burrow at 10-1 to a couple weeks ago. Hmm. Next. The Jaguars, odds to win this AFC South now down to plus 110. They actually control their own destiny because they played the Titans the last week of the season and they had the head-to-head already against the Titans. So the Jaguars at plus 110 to win the AFC South. Good bet or bad bet? Great bet. You're getting plus money for the Jags to win the South with the hottest quarterback in football? Yeah, I'll take that all day, any day. The Tennessee Titans are not going to win this division. It's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you look at their remaining schedule, they got the Jets with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. You've got the Houston Texans. And then you've got the hapless Tennessee Titans, losers of four straight. The Jags are going to win out. They're going to win the AFC South. They're going to make it to the postseason. So, yeah, I'll take the plus 110 odds. Thank you very much. How, what a difference hiring the right coach makes, huh? And having Travis ATN healthy. But really, the big change they made in the offseason was getting rid of that mess that was the Urban Meyer era and bringing in a guy that's been a Super Bowl champ before. 
the Titans just seem like the mess now that the Jaguars were last year. They're firing GMs in December, and I don't know if they believe in their quarterback. The Jaguars are starting to believe in their guy. I think that's a great bet. I agree with you at plus money. I didn't see that on the board, but I might be driving to the Pennsylvania border to place a little bit of a wager there next. All right, so uh, Jared Goff is currently third for comeback player, third shortest odds behind Geno Smith and Christian McCaffrey. But Jared Goff at plus 250 to win comeback player of the year. Good bet or bad bet, Canty? I'm going to say it's a bad bet, and I I, I do like what Jared Goff is doing. Let's be honest, taking the Detroit Lions to the playoffs, that's a hell of an accomplishment. And Jared Goff is a big part of that. There's a reason why he's sixth in QBR this season. But I got to go with Christian McCaffrey, man. He's going to win it. What he means to that team, all of the different things that they've had to deal with on their third-string quarterback. You're talking about this 49ers squad running away with the division. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Look, Jared Goff's a great story, but I actually think the narrative, and again, a lot of these awards are about narratives, is about Dan Campbell in Detroit more than it is about Jared Goff. So I think there's a better chance he'd win Coach of the Year than Goff winning comeback player. You say McCaffrey. I also think Tua Tungavailoa has got to be in the conversation for comeback player of the year as well. We got time for one more. Next. Yeah, the Eagles are plus five and a half to cover against the Cowboys. You taking the points and the Eagles this week. Good bet or bad bet? I'm all over it. I'm taking the Eagles and the points. The Eagles are a good football team, and Gardner Minshew is a competent quarterback. He ain't Jalen Hurts. Hell, I don't even think he's Nick Foles from 2017, but Gardner Minshew, with the weapons around him and the defense supporting him, have the ability to make it a game. And what we've seen from the Dallas Cowboys, outside of the Minnesota Vikings game, they don't blow out anybody. They play down to the level of their competition. It'll be a close ball game. And in a close ball game, give me the better coach. Give me the better overall team. That's Philly. Man, that line is that line for a reason. I can't bet on Gardner Minshew on the road and say that I think that's a good bet. I think that is a straight-up stay away. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times joins us next on ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.